so in the book of Mark, in chapter 14, is where I'm starting, and the, I've entitled my talk, An Inner Strength. Now, you, that might sound to you a little bit vague, but perhaps you'll see um, a little more. You, I hope you'll see a little more of what I'm getting at once we start reading. So in the book of Mark, in chapter 14, and uh, I want to start off in... and, and in uh, verse 66, And as Peter was beneath in the palace, there comes one of the maids of the high priest. This is where Jesus Christ ha has finished his preaching of the gospel for three and a half years. This is just before the crucifixion, when he's brought uh, before the, the priests and eventually before Pilate, uh, just before he's crucified. And Peter followed along, and he was warming himself by the fire, we read in one of the other accounts. And when she saw Peter warming himself, we read it here as well, she looked upon him and said, uh, And you also uh, was with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied, uh, saying, I know not, neither understand I, neither understand I what you say. And he went out into the porch, and the cock crew. And a maid saw him again, and began to say to them, that stood by, this is one of them. And he denied it again. And a little after, they that stood by said again to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean, and your speech agrees thereto. But he began to curse and swear, saying, I know not this man of whom you speak. And the second time the cock crew. And uh, Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said to him, Before the cock crow twice, you shall deny me thrice. And when he thought thereon, he wept. And so we see a weakness displayed by Peter. That's all the point that I was going to make there. The weakness displayed. He couldn't stand up for Jesus Christ. When it came to the crunch, and it wasn't that much of a crunch, <laughs> but it, when it came to the crunch, he couldn't stand up and say, yes, I, I'm a, a follower, I'm a disciple, I believe that he's the Son of God, I believe that he's got a plan for mankind. He said, no, I don't know who he is. And yet he had been with him for three and a half years. He had seen the signs and the wonders and the miracles, people raised from the dead and so on. In Matthew chapter 26, and I'm talking about an inner strength, Matthew chapter 26 and verse 33, Peter answered and said to him, Though all men shall be offended because of you, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said to him, Verily I say to you, that this night before the cock crow, you shall deny me thrice. Uh, <clears throat> and Peter said to him, Though I should die with you, yet will I not deny you. Likewise also said all the disciples. And it's, it's very easy to say that, isn't it? It's very easy. Um, to, to say, yes, I'm going to be there, I'm going to follow the Lord, come hell or high water. Uh, you know, whatever's going to come upon this earth, I'm going to be there, I'm committed. It's easy to say it, words are cheap. But when it comes to the crunch, what happens? Well, we saw what happened in this, in this case, from the first scripture we read. Go with me, because... There's an interesting example here that's a parallel in the Old Testament, 1 Kings chapter 20. And the reason I'm reading this is because I think we can learn a little bit from, from this as well. And um, in this book here, or in this chapter, we're reading of 
of um, a man called Ben-Hadad. He was the king of Syria. We're reading of a man called Ahab, who was king of the house of Israel. So um, the, the, the stage in history is uh, uh, King David had, had died. Solomon had been king. Solomon died, and the nation of Israel, the 12 tribes, split into two. There was the northern 10 tribe house of Israel, and Ahab was the king of this group of people around 900 BC or somewhere around there. Now then, and verse 1, chapter 20, And Ben-Hadad, Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his hosts together, and there were thirty and two kings with him, and horses and chariots, and he went up and besieged Samaria and warred against it. And he sent messengers to Ahab, king of Israel, into the city, and said to him, Thus says Ben-Hadad, Your silver and your gold is mine, your wives also and your children, even the goodliest, are mine. So as far as um, as uh, the Syrian king was concerned, he said, Too bad, Ahab, you know, I'm, I'm taking over. So the, the, these threats were were made and the messengers relayed it to King Ahab and so on and... Uh, we, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but down in verse 11. And the king of Israel answered and said, Tell him, let not him that girds on his harness boast himself as he that puts it off. He's saying, it's all very well, you, Ben-Hadad, king of Syria. You're saying, I'm going to have all your wives, you're going to, I'm going to have all your gold, I'm going to have all your silver, I'm having your kids, I'm, I'm taking everything. And he said, well, it's all very well for you to say that. You're boasting that you're going to do it. Let not him that girds on his harness boast himself as he that puts it off. It's a different kettle of fish once you've accomplished it. And so we see here this uh, uh, boastfulness, this presumptuousness of Ben-Hadad. He wasn't reckoning on Ahab, the Israelite, having God working on his side. Ahab was a bad king, there is no doubt, but there were times when God was actually working with Ahab. And we read in verse 13, And behold, there came a prophet unto Ahab, king of Israel, saying, Thus says the Lord, Have you seen all this great multitude? Behold, I will deliver it into your hand this day, and you shall know that I am the Lord. And so, in actual fact, Israel won the battle. There was Ben uh, Ben Hadad with all his pride and boastfulness and and his power, but he didn't have God on his side. Ahab had the knowledge given to him by the prophet that God was on his side, and Israel won the battle. And in verse twenty-two, and the prophet came to the king of Israel and said to him, "Go, strengthen yourself." And mark and see what you do, for at the return of the year the king of Syria will come up against you. By all means, read the chapter, you know, read the chapter yourself and, and see the, the details of what actually happened. But it's, it's notable here that the prophet says, you make sure you see how you do, because he's going to come back at you. And in verse uh, 28, and there came a man of God and spoke to the king of Israel and said, Thus says the Lord, because the Syrians have said, The Lord is God of the hills, but he is not God of the valleys. Therefore will I deliver all this great multitude into your hand, and you shall know that I am the Lord. And so there was Ahab again had a knowledge that God was with him. 
He had a strength. He had a confidence within him that Ben-Hadad had a, a confidence, but it was a misplaced confidence. It was of his own natural lust that he had this confidence. It wasn't, it wasn't based on anything else. It's just for his greed, perhaps. And uh, in actual fact, the uh, Ben-Hadad and the Syrians, they were delivered into the Ahab's hands, and the king of Israel, Ahab, should have killed this Syrian king, but he didn't. And we read here in verse uh, 42, And he said to him, Thus says the Lord, Because you have let go out of your hand a man whom I appointed to utter destruction, therefore your life shall go for his life, and your people for his people. And the king of Israel went to his house heavy and displeased and came to Samaria. I mean, something else that was an undoing of Ahab was his wife Jezebel. Uh, she was a wicked woman. And she influenced Ahab. But we see what Ahab here, he's been corrected by a prophet of God and the king of Israel went to his house heavy, he was miserable, and he was un, uh, displeased and came to Samaria. You know, he didn't take the correction. He didn't learn from it. But there was a stage when he did have this inner strength, this confidence that was a God-given confidence. I mean, there's a dramatic difference, isn't there, between having God's blessing and not having it. That's for sure. Ahab spiraled downhill. Let's go back to the New Testament, Second Corinthians chapter 12, please. And Paul is writing to the spirit field. We're in, up in our day and age now. And in verse 1, It is not expedient or convenient for me, doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Whether in the body I cannot tell, whether out of the body I cannot tell. <clears throat> God knows. Such a one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knows, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in my infirmities. And so we, we read what we're reading here is Paul speaking of himself. He's tried doing his best to be modest about it, but he's saying that God has given him great revelation on God's kingdom. And we read here in verse 7, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation that was give, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And uh, Paul is saying, I'm taking pleasure in my weaknesses because I'm forced to rely upon God. It's God's strength that, that uh, 
keeps me going. It's God's strength that I need to draw upon. It's not his own abilities. It's not presumptuousness. It's not boastfulness. But it's uh, when he's he, when he's uh, in difficulty, he said, well, I'm rejoicing because I'm forced to turn to the Lord and get the strength from God. In 1 Corinthians, in chapter 14, Paul saying, I'm rejoicing in my infirmities. I'm rejoicing in weaknesses. I don't know if I, if I rejoice in my weaknesses. I don't know if I rejoice in my tribulations 100% of the time yet. And I dare say all of us will, to one extent or another, fit into that mold, this side of the Lord's return. But we can see where to aim for. We can see the direction that the Lord is drawing us, can't we? Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul again speaking to the Spirit-filled and he says in verse 18, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church I had rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than ten thousand words in an unknown tongue. Brethren, be not children in understanding, howbeit in malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. He wants us to understand. I mean, the implication here of that implication here is Paul says, when I'm in the meeting, I'm, I'm much better off speaking five words you can understand so I can teach you. But the implication is when he's not in the fellowship, he's at home perhaps, but he's praying in the spirit. He said, I thank my God, I speak in tongues, I'm praying in the spirit more than you all. He spent a lot of time praying in tongues. And we know, don't we, that it's so important for us to pray in tongues. And do you know what? I've been saying it for years, and people will say it for years right up until the day of the Lord's return. But sometimes spirit-filled people leave out this very fundamental quality, this very um, quality, is that the right word? This very fundamental aspect of walking in the Lord. Because the inner strength that we all need to combat the weaknesses, to combat the troubles that come against us, to combat the Ben-Hadads of Syria that come against us, we need the spirit inside of us to be strong. And all the people said, we need the faith to be strong. We need to have a confidence. We don't need boastfulness and presumptuousness like Ben-Hadad. We need, when Ahab was doing the right thing, we need to have this knowledge from God that he is there, that he's going to provide, that he's going to heal, that he's going to deliver, that he's going to bring his plan to pass, that we are a chosen people now, that we're beloved of God, that we're special and he's not going to let us go. We need to have this strength within us and part of it comes through praying in the Spirit. I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. Have a look in the book of Acts in chapter 2. And so that we started off reading about Peter, who was um, so timid in front of a little maid. He was so timid. No, I don't know the man. And yet he'd been fortified, hopefully, you would think, with three and a half years of signs and wonders and miracles. But he didn't have the spirit in him. He was just a natural man. 
In Acts chapter 2, Peter had just received the Holy Spirit. In verse 14, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said to them, You men of Judea and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known to you and hearken to my words. And in verse 38, Then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises to you and to your children and to all that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And in verse 41, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added to them about 3,000 souls. And so there he was, beforehand in the book of Mark, chapter 14, um, or maybe in Matthew chapter 26, Yes, Lord, I'm going to follow you till the end of the earth. In chapter 14 of the book of Mark, no, I don't know the man because he's intimidated by a girl. And here we see the same man filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. And he's speaking to or addressing a crowd, a big crowd, because 3,000 of them were baptized and spirit-filled. There's the strength. Of course it comes. It's the Holy Spirit that has empowered him. It's the Holy Spirit that empowers us. But we've got to know that. And that's why we like to pray in tongues more than you all, as Paul said. We like to. We need to pray in the Spirit. Have a look in the book of Ephesians and chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, and Paul again is writing, and he's writing to Spirit-filled people. Chapter 6 and verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong. That word strong, it means the be uh, in the power, the might or the strength. He said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So it's not human strength, it's not a fleshy strength, it's not an intellectual strength, it's not a financial um, uh, uh, sufficiency that is our strength that's going to get us through. He says, "Be strong in the Lord, in the in the what is it? In the power of His might." It's got to be inside, folks. But perhaps we all know that, but we don't perhaps always apply it and work at it day after day so that we are always strong. Have a look in the book of Philippians, just the next book in chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 1. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. And in verse um, 12, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Now there's a man, here is a man who seems to have got the vision, doesn't he? He's got the vision of the, the, the need to have this and the ability to have this inner strength. It doesn't matter what's going to be happening in this life, all the fluctuations of this natural life, but this man is rock solid. You think back to Ahab. In the early days, or in the, in the first two battles, 
with Ben-Hadad, he was rock solid because he appeared to be trusting in God. But once he got told off, it all, everything went to custard and, um, and he sort of got his neck in the knot and went off in a huff. We, we can't afford to do that. We can't afford to, to, uh, get out of sorts with, with the Lord. We can't afford to get out of sorts with each other. We're a family. And all the people said, and Jesus Christ is the head of the family. And we're members of the body. And we're happy to be that, aren't we? We're thrilled about that. There's no other source of power that gives us the strength to overcome. It's only the Spirit. It all works by the Spirit. Now, I'm telling you something that you already know, that we all understand that. But do we always apply it? Just back to Ephesians again, please. Ephesians, but this time in chapter 3. Thank you. And we read in verse 4, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. And in verse 16, he says, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. It's the inner man that needs to be nourished. It's the inner man that needs to be fed. And yes, uh, Paul said, I thank my God I pray in tongues more than you all. The strength is increased, of course, by praying in the Spirit. Our strength is increased, the inner strength is increased by reading God's Word, seeing the examples, whether it's Ben-Hadad and Ahab back there in the, in the days of the Israelites or whether it's some other example in the Scriptures, maybe some direct instruction in the New Testament. But we need to read it and believe it and apply it to ourselves and say, right, that's the way to go. I'm going to follow it. So the strength is increased by reading and believing. Fellowship of the saints. Our fellowship here. We keep on fellowshipping, don't we? The Bible says not to forsake the assembling together of ourselves as the manner of some is, even so much the more as the day approaches, because at our fellowship we hear the word preached and hopefully it means something to us. We learn something from it. We're encouraged by it. We listen to testimonies of the the miraculous in people's lives. We listen to the operation of the spiritual gifts and we're inspired or encouraged by them. And um, in verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know that the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. I received, uh, when we were in um, in uh, West Timor just last week, or just over one week ago, uh, there are some saints there that we've got to know over the years, a, a married couple, their, their names are Dina and Hendro, and before we left uh, West Timor, they... 
uh, travelled to another town about six hours away to go and visit family members. And Dina's sister is was there. She was expecting a baby. Her name is Santi. And this is a testimony that I got from Dina and Hendro just today. Uh, her waters broke at 7pm last Thursday night, so six days ago, but labour didn't start. People from other... Uh, churches were invited to pray and light candles and nothing changed. This is the testimony that Dina relayed to um, this couple of Australian saints once they got back uh, to Kupang just a few days ago. People from other churches were invited to pray and light candles, nothing changed. On Friday the m- Friday morning at, uh, at 8 o'clock, so 13 hours had, had passed, since the breaking of the water. On Friday morning, the baby was still not born, so Hendro and Dina went into the hospital and laid hands on Santi for the baby to be born. While they prayed, the baby was born, but it was black and had and, and dead. The doctor said the baby was dead. The doctor had uh, tried to resuscitate, but still no response. Dina and Hendro prayed again. After five minutes of praying, the baby came alive, and here we are six days later, the mother and baby are well. Wonderful, isn't it? This is the power of God. This is, it, it's things like this that feed our faith, that strengthen our faith. It's things like this, the testimony of the miraculous. And we don't have to go to West Timor to experience it. We experience it here. And all the people said, we're filled with the Holy Ghost. Of course we expect miracles. Of course we have miracles. Why wouldn't we? We are some of God's people. And so there's an inner strength. Now, Ben-Hadad was presumptuous. He was a proud man. He was a greedy man. But he didn't have the inner strength. Ahab had an inner strength for a period of time because the prophet of God spoke to him and said, you're going to prosper and so on. But come back to the New Testament pages and look at the example of Paul. He said, I'm glorying in weaknesses. I'm glorying in infirmities because it's when I have those that I've got to seek the Lord and I've got to get built up in faith. When I am weak, then I am strong. Let's make sure. And by the way, by the way, after the first battle that Ahab had with Benadad, Ahab had with Benadad, um, after the first battle, the prophet said to him, well, uh, make sure you, you look to yourself because you're going to have it again. And you see, that happens to us all the time. We, we get over one trial and then right on its heels, there's another one at one stage or another, isn't there? There's another trial. There's another test of our faith. And if we don't have the inner strength, we'll collapse. But we've got an amazing potential within us. We've got a resource which is God-given, which is God's power inside of us. Let's make sure that we never neglect it, but continue to build it in all the people's lives.